You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Today's scripture comes from the 19th Psalm, verses 1 through 6. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard. Yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens he has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from his wedding canopy, and like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I love a good playlist for a car ride, right? For a road trip. When I was a kid, my family would go every year to Florida in February and we would drive. And my parents would take turns driving so they each had their tape that they put in and and we listened to. My mom's handles Messiah over and over and over again. Handles Messiah so that now when we sing the Hallelujah Chorus on Easter, I sing all of the parts because I learned to do that, right? My dad's was Simon and Garfunkel, which I enjoy now as well, and I like to sing the harmonies and all of that. When I go on a trip with my daughter, though, she has the best playlist, Allison. Uh, And I think back to the summer when she had to get all of her driving hours in, and so we would, I would let her drive up to our cottage, and I would ride with her, and we would listen to her music, and she had some great songs, like, Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. This will be the day that I die. Or how about Sweet Caroline? Ba, ba, ba. Good times never seem so good. So good, so good, so good. How about if I do this? We will, we will rock you. Rock you. <laughs> nice. Nice, thank you. <laughs> How about, oh, we're halfway there. Oh, we're living on a prayer. Take my hand and we'll make it, I swear. Here comes the sun. Wasn't that group great? And 
we were all kind of singing along with that anyway, weren't we? I don't know about you, but when I hear those songs now, I have a new memory with them, and that's, you know, singing them with Allison. Songs bring us back. They make us remember. They, music just has that ability to transplant us to another time. When I listen to the oldies radio now, um, the oldies station, and I hear like, let's get physical. And I think, oh, second grade, that was my first tape that I had. Or my second tape, which was Van Halen's Women and Children First in third grade. <laughs> or how at my third grade birthday party, we watched the video of the making of Thriller. And fourth grade was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. High school was REM and Depeche Mode. And college was Indigo Girls. And seminary was when the Titanic came out. So I just mostly remember Celine Dion and uh, My Heart Will Go On. We sang How Great Thou Art at my grandfather's funeral. And whenever I hear the first song of Isaiah, I remember singing it as a kid with the choirs. All of the choirs would come together and sing it. And the last time I sang it was Sharon Thomas's funeral. Music takes us back. It transplants us. It's a part of who we are. How many times in worship have you heard a song or an anthem and you were moved? Music has the power to take us to that thin space, that thin place that's between heaven and earth. It transports us. It brings us to a different time. It brings us closer to the divine. It was at a leadership team meeting that we had when uh, we were, it was in the spring, and we were talking about the fall coming up, and Colin Godfrey, whose birthday it is today also, by the way, <laughs> he's not here though, because he knew we would sing. No. But anyway, he, we were talking and he said, well, in the fall, come together. And I was like, come together? We should do a worship series on the Beatles. Because we all know the Beatles, right? We love the Beatles. I wrote about it in the chimes about how when I was a kid, um, or when I was in college, our family went on vacation with a couple other families. And we were... Um, we went to this concert of a, that was a, a cover band for the Beatles. And I was just amazed because everyone, all of us, my parents, who I had never seen at a concert before, they were standing up. I, we were all standing up, and we all knew all the words to all the songs. Their music transcends the generations, and it still has something to say to us now. You know, I had a professor in seminary who said, if you want to know what a United Methodist believes, then open up the hymnal. If you want to know what a generation experienced, then listen to its music. Music speaks to us. And we have a whole book of music, a whole book of songs in our Bible, the book of Psalms. Psalm means song. And within that, we have psalms of praise, we have songs, psalms of lament, and we have psalms of thanksgiving. And when you look at the psalms, there's actually often a formula to them that you can map out. 
So for example, a lament might start out with a complaint, and then it would go to trust, and then complaint, and then trust. So God, you have abandoned me, but I know that you're really here. But I feel so alone, but you've promised to be with me. I will trust in the Lord. Then there's that assurance at the end. We see the same thing in a, in a psalm of praise. It would begin with, um, with joy, with a celebration, with a praise. And then it would go to history. So God, your light illumines all of us. And you have always been with us throughout time. You brought light in the very beginning of the earth. And then it would praise again. We'd go to praise again. And then maybe a declaration. I will worship you all the days of my life. So we see those formats throughout the psalm. And if you think about it, when we look at our music now, either that that we might hear on the radio or our praise music, our worship music, you can often see a similar pattern. Um, we see those roots in it, the similar structure. Now you look at the song, Here Comes the Sun, and it has that within it. It begins with that. It's like a hymn of praise, right? It begins with that uh, word of praise. Here comes the sun, it de a declaration. And then it goes to the history. It's been a long winter, right? But then a celebration. Here comes the sun and the declaration. And I say, it's all right. In today's psalm, we see something similar. It's a psalm that's about uh, the importance of the word of God, of God's word within us. And it begins with a celebration and a thanksgiving for creation. And it moves into a history and it tells us about the word of God and how the word of God, like the sun, stretches to all of us. That the God's love, that the word of God and God's love meets all of us. We are all touched by that warmth. We are all touched by the love. It's powerful. And here comes the sun is not all that different. There are words of instruction in that. In fact, here comes the sun is really a resurrection song. It's a song that shows us about the um, triumph of death over life. And let me tell you why. You see, George Harrison wrote this song. Now, we all know that John and Paul... In fact, I forgot to tell you, I've, I've been dubbing this sermon series The Gospel According to John and Paul. But John and Paul wrote most of the Beatles songs, right? They were very prolific. They wrote all kinds of music. And it was hard for George Harrison to get in there, right? But he did. He wrote a couple songs. And uh, the last ones that he pitched were Something and Here Comes the Sun. Here Comes the Sun came uh, during a time of great frustration for him. It had been a long winter, and the work of the band was no longer very much fun. In fact, he was spent most of his time uh, working on contracts and dealing with um, the accountants at uh, Apple. In fact, he said, Apple was getting like school. He, he was frustrated, and he said, winter in England takes forever. And when spring comes, you've really earned it. So he was in the middle of this time of frustration and not loving what he was doing anymore, so he decided to take some time away. And he went to his friend Eric Clapton's house. 
And at Eric Clapton's, Eric had a big garden and he found himself walking around the garden and appreciating the sun. And he, was, he had one of Eric's acoustic guitars and he's just kind of playing around and the words came to him. And um, he said, I just started to feel this relief of not seeing all those dopey accountants anymore. And it was wonderful. And here comes the sun. It's a resurrection song when you think about it. It's the story of life over death, of hope over sorrow, of spring over winter. Reminds me of the hymn of promise in some ways. In the bulb there is a flower, in the seed an apple tree, in cocoons. All right. That resurrection song, right? Here comes the sun. After a long winter, the sun comes out. Winter doesn't have the last word. Death does not have the last word. I mean, we can all relate to George Harrison. We've all had seasons of struggle, of frustration, of pain, of anger, times when we've just felt like, is the sun ever going to come out? I mean, that's what music does for us, right? It's what the Psalms do for us too. We, our feelings can, are reflected in it. We can relate. Now, George found the sun when he went to see a friend. He found it in the context of community, setting some time apart to be with someone. And I think we all know that in the context of community, we experience resurrection. We call Sundays mini Easter's because when we come together, we experience new life. We experience hope. We experience promise. When we come together, we are reminded that the sun is coming out. And when we sing together, we're lifted to that thin space between heaven and earth. And our hearts are touched by the light of Christ. I've told you several times about about when I was in ninth grade. It was 1990, and I went to Russia. And it was with the church. And we were there, and it was uh, the time when things were starting to open up. Gorbachev was still in charge, but it was just before the coup, and um, religion was becoming, coming out, Christianity was coming out more to the forefront. And so we were there to experience that and to spread the word and things like that, and we went to this church in Moscow. And I've said this before, the building looked like it was a business building or some kind of um, office building. But we went inside and there was this gigantic sanctuary and it had a, a balcony all around it and it was huge. And it was, I mean, it was a church hidden away. And when we were there, it was packed. But it wasn't just packed with us, I mean, and the, and the people. I mean, there were Americans there were Russians. Over here, there was a whole group of Sweden, uh, Swedes, people from Sweden, and across was a group from Japan. And there came this moment at the end of worship when we all sang together in our own language. 
Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. It was a resurrection moment. Talk about hope after struggle, hope for the future. Thank you, God, for music. Thank you for community. Thank you for the sun after a long winter. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.